Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, and welcome to The Hang. In this episode, I was fortunate enough to steal some time with actress, writer, and producer Eliza Jackson. We initially sat down for my first episode with Lambert Jackson, where Eliza is one half of the producing duo with Jamie. After we finished that podcast, I asked Eliza to stay back while Jamie had a meeting to go to. Eliza and I worked together on a UK premiere of Dr. Zhivago. Now, I was fascinated by Eliza and how she worked, how she handled the production and putting things together, even how she noted some of the actors with some guidance here and there, including myself. I think Eliza is quite an exceptional woman, and many incredible things are going to come from Eliza, and of course, the producing duo, Lambert Jackson. Her one-woman show, The Voice Behind the Stars about Marnie Dixon, was something she penned whilst in hospital, recovering from a life-threatening illness. I was inspired by her tenacity and drive and her, just her sheer willpower. Eliza has moxie. I was moved by the way her mother was there to inspire her and encourage her, to give her face to just try, just write. I'm so excited for more people to get to know Eliza Jackson. Hi. Okay, Eliza, we're going to hang a bit more now. We got... Jamie's out of the picture. Jamie had to go. Finally. <laughs> but I do, I find you very inspiring. And I, I I know your training. And when we got to work together on Dr. Zhivago, your ideas, as you weren't the director, but you also had a lot of... Creativity, input, yeah. Create, creative input. And you, speak, you were speaking a language. I was like, oh, I, I want to be guided by you yes. a bit more. And then knowing Amazing. what you do as a producer and a writer, like there's a lot of... I hate this phrase because it reminds me of David Brent, but strings to your bow. But rightfully so. You, you, how did you even, how does it start? Where did you, you so you, you came into this to be an actor? Yeah. So I, yeah, I trained in music theatre back at NIDA in Australia. And I was always terrible at improv classes. Improvisation was like totally not my thing. To the point that I remember my improv teacher at drama school told me that I was never going to get a job and never going to get married. Literally, she said never going to get married because she hated the sound of my voice so much. That literally, obviously, still pains me to this day. What but, kind of thing is that to, stay, to say to someone? And she's like one of the like best of the best teachers. But in- surely now you know that's just, you know, you know what I always tell my kids, what you say about other people says a lot about you. Totally. And but it we was know a she's reflection going through something. her. Exactly. Mm. But so for a long time, I thought to myself, well, I clearly am not a creative person. I can't create my own work. Because actually my mum came to me the year I finished drama school, so end of 2010, and she was like, I think you should write this story about Marnie Nixon. And I was like, that sounds really interesting, but mum, I can't write. But at that point, were you like, who's that? No idea. Had no idea who she was. My mum knew because my mum's like, she is amazing. She's like definitely the reason I got into theatre, but she has no theatre background at all. She just used to love the big old movie musicals, used to take me to the theatre all the time, used to take me to the ballet. That was, she's really into making sure that you're really culturally rounded. So we used to go to art galleries on the weekend and that kind of thing. It was, she's a really cool person. And what does your mum do, if you don't mind me asking? Um, So she's a stay-at-home mum. That's what she, well, she used to be a nurse and then um, was a mum and like the most incredible mum to my brother and I. Now she's an incredible grandmother. But 
within that, she's very creative. She used to make um, costumes. I used to do a lot of dancing and a lot of performance since the age of three. So she made all the costumes. And I'm talking like full-on West End level costumes. Mm -hmm. They're incredible. To this day, like I have um, quite a few friends who work the drag scene over here and she makes a lot of their costumes now, does like one-off pieces for them and things, which she's really, really cool. Um, But... Uh, yeah, it was her. She knew about money. She'd read an article about her or something and she was like, this is really cool. Did you know about her? She bought me her biography and I just put it away. I didn't even read it. I was like, okay, cool. That's a nice idea, but I can't write. Like, don't be ridiculous. And then a couple of years ago, I was thinking about writing and I couldn't, I, you know, was still like umming and ahhing whether I was going to be good enough, but I ended up having to have massive surgery on my hip. So I was out of action, like couldn't go to dance classes, couldn't be auditioning. What caused that? Uh, long story, but I had a very weird form of cancer. Um, this was a few years back. Um, I think that sums it up right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, my God. And so I'm actually really lucky that they found it because they thought it was something else and blah, blah, blah. But men, I was out of action mm-hmm. and I was basically not bed rest, but I, I couldn't move a lot. Like walking was really hard. And then even after surgery, it was a long, slow process literally teach myself how to walk again, lots of rehab, all that. Anyway, and I was like, I'm going to go mental if I can't do something with my brain because I'm very creative. I've got lots of ideas and things. I need to be, like, using this energy towards something good Mm -hmm. so that I don't just, like, get a bit depressed. Um, So mum was like, I know you don't think you can write, but, like, who cares? Why don't you just try it? And if it's shit... Nothing needs to happen. Like, it's great. And so I was like, okay, cool. I'll write to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival with the idea. So it's just an idea at this point. You haven't even put anything to paper. Nothing to paper. And uh, the Assembly Rooms, which is like one of the best venues up in Edinburgh, were like, we want this. We've given you this prime slot. Wait, wait, slow down. Because this is... This is me asking as a fan now. And I know it's going to inspire. (laughs) I'm sure it's going to inspire people. Amazing. So you sat there and you you knew about the assembly room yeah. as the place to be. Yeah. You found the uh, the right email to yeah. write to. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. You have to, um, when you're applying to Edinburgh, you have to write to the different venue kind of groupings. And so I wrote off to a couple of them, but the one that I really wanted was the assembly rooms. And you said, hi, I was I'm like, just hi. getting over cancer. I'm no, like- miss that bit out. No <laughs> one needs to know that. And I was just like, I've got this idea. I think it could really work. It's a fully fledged piece. I just completely lied. I was like, it's written. It's done. Um, here's you a little said- overview. Wait, okay. Yeah. I'm, keep- I'm just blown away. I know. Go it on. Was- it was Here's a little bit cheeky ovary. because I was like, and this is, this is what it's about. She's an incredible woman. I think it's, and it was, that was the year it was in 2018. Is that right? Not yeah, 2018. So last year in the August. Hang um, on, this hip slash cancer operation. How long ago was this? Um, it was uh, end of 2017, beginning of 2018. Holy crap, Liza! Yeah, I know, but it was one of those like moments in life. It wasn't like a oh, I'm going to shift my life and like start all over and change careers and all that stuff. But it was a little bit of a reevaluation. Like, okay, I have. I've been handed so much on a silver platter. Do something with your life. And I know I'm not, like, saving people's lives, creating theatre with Jamie, but it was definitely 
when we started having conversations about the company and that's when it all kind of came to life because we were like, we need to do something with our lives that make us feel like we're achieving and that we're giving something to the world. Like we can make even the tiniest difference if we can bring joy to people and also kind of reshape theatre. Like we have so many exciting ideas on what we want to do and like one day hope to be producing on the West End or worldwide and that was kind of the time when all of that was starting to happen because I think it was all happening because we were like, oh, life's short. Do something with it. Like, yeah. Oh, man. This um, is, you're amazing. Uh, I mean, hardly. Okay. So you said, I've written this amazing show. Yeah. Play. Yeah. And well, it's a play with music. Right. That's, of course. Yeah. And here's the overview. And at this point, you don't even know if you can use the songs. Uh, I literally hadn't done any. I had read her biography at this point. Actually, I think it was even halfway through. And because I was, I was just so sure they would knock me back and they'd be like, oh, no, we don't have any space or it's not the show for us or whatever. So you and go, they Mom, like, I tried. Leave me yeah, alone. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then um, they were like, yeah, cool. We've got this prime spot for you. It's like in this beautiful space and we want you to do the whole month. And was it like a one-page one overview? Yeah, not even. It was kind of just like a paragraph about Marnie. And I was like, and I've written this show. It's a one-woman show. It's the year of the woman. 2018 was the year of the woman. I was like, and this is like, she's a powerful, strong, incredible woman. Her story should be told. And they were like, yeah, we believe you. Which you wholeheartedly believed in after you read the biography. Oh, 100%. So that's not an Oh, no, that, I'm not here. questioning that at all. So but, they said, giddy up, let's do it. Yeah. And then like sign the contracts, go and get your press shots done. Oh, no, they were like, oh, you've got press shots. Yeah, because we need them for the... Um, to enter it into the Fringe program and all this stuff in like two weeks' time. Yeah, and like any actor, yeah, I've got loads. Yeah, done, yeah done, I can done. ride a horse, so no problem. I was like, shit, running around like a crazy <laughs> person, like who can do my press shots, like trying to get a wig that's a perfect like red. She had like this fiery red hair that was like in this gorgeous kind of Julie Andrews look, finding a costume, finding all this stuff to get press shots done. So it's a one-woman show? One-woman show, yeah. Forgive me, you probably said it, but I'm just, there's so much awesomeness coming my way. I'm like trying to process it <laughs> all in stop. a very short space of time. <laughs> so now, not only is it, you haven't written it, it's a one-woman sh woman show. Yeah. You're putting together. Yeah. And at this stage, it's about, so like that process, I think January is when you submit. We started hearing back, I think in March time, things are, I, that's right, my, Big surgery. So I was having radiotherapy. Then my big surgery was in April, and I had to get. You're still the, going through all that? No, no, that was that was before. Yes, that was before back all then. that. Okay. Um, no, I'm actually almost two years clear, Fantastic. which is really good. Um, no, but April was the big surgery, so I had to have everything in before then. So I had to have my press shots and promo video and all of that done, and I still had basically not written a show yet. No, that's what I mean. But during yeah. that, you're oh, still yeah, going through that. that. Yeah, this is when I was I was doing my radiotherapy and I was going home and I was writing the show. At the same time. But yeah, it was insane. Probably, was probably the best medicine. A hundred percent. And I would go in every day because I had um, radio every day. I mean, my cancer process was, I was very lucky. It was like, I didn't, on the outside, I was like pretty cool. Like I had, I had an, enough energy. I could still get around. I didn't have to have chemotherapy. So like I still, like people have a much worse cancer time than I did um but still it was pretty tricky I was pretty tired had to go to hospital every day mm -hmm. but the radio girls were incredible they were like so like where are you up to with the writing and all this stuff and it was like the thing that would keep me motivated and, and excited. accountable in a roundabout way and mm -hmm. now you're like you've told people well 
I know, I have to do it now. And they you were can't like, tell them you've quit or stop. Literally. So it had to happen. And by this time, I'd signed contracts with Edinburgh Fringe. When you signed the contracts, how much of the script was done? Uh, the first draft was maybe halfway done. And I did 11 drafts until it was the finished product. And then I booked myself in in June to do a like friends and family show um, where I just had like 30 people come, had feedback forms. I like totally blanked twice because it was like the first time I'd done it with like. How long is the show? It's a one hour show. One hour show. Just me on stage. Um, and I do. So Marnie Nixon was famous for being able to impersonate these actors so that it was seamless. It would be sometimes, say, Marilyn Monroe would sing one line and then Marnie would come in and just, like, continue the line and keep going and no one would ever know unless you, like, totally broke it down. So I had to learn how to impersonate Marnie impersonating these people. So I had also sold this show on the fact that I could do these impersonations, which I actually had genuinely no idea (laughs) if I could do it or not, which was slightly insane. Okay, press pause for a second. Yeah. You've now committed to it. So as a writer... For anyone listening or even for myself, I get such, I want to write more. I want to be able to express myself more, whether as a songwriter or there's, there's an idea of a, a, a story of, about this amazing woman that I'll yeah. talk to you about afterwards, which I think you should write, not me. But <laughs> how does one then, what was your first step? How, how did you know what, this is the first so I did scene a, I want to write? I did a crazy amount of research. I had basically a whole notebook. The best thing about Marnie was her story all came out. Um, later on in her life. Mm -hmm. So she did a whole heap of press for it. So there's so much footage of her um, in interviews and in in like shows, her own one-woman show and things that she did later on in life. So I watched all of that. I read her. She has an autobiography as well as other biographies. I did, I found all these articles online. So I had literally all the knowledge. Then I sat down and I basically wrote almost the whole draft of the the first draft in one day because it's and not I, just away when it comes out it comes out that's the thing and because I'd been it was much easier because I could hear her voice in my head because I'd been listening to it on these YouTube videos so you sit down and what's if you can talk me through what yeah. was the I'm in the audience watching show what is the first introduction what is the first scene what's the first thing so you tell so you us? hear um, the, and I knew this is how I wanted it to start I started off stage and you just hear little clips of the songs that you know so like tiny bits of I could have danced on like tiny bits of um Maria um her singing Maria from yeah. West Side Story um Sound of Music uh, Marilyn Monroe just tiny little snippets so that people start going hang on I know that song wait why why is that song being played if because they sh- lots of people who came along to see the show had no idea right and then I walked on and was like what's the first thing Marnie says um, it the final clip was um, uh, Audrey Hepburn's I Could Have Danced All Night. And she turns to the audience and she talks about how she loved Audrey, but it was a pity she couldn't sing. And that's where I came in. And then I told her story, basically. So, yeah, it was cool. It was magic. The way the whole thing came together. And then I brought on a director that I just absolutely adore, Ian Good, and he and I have worked together before. And I was just like... Okay, we've got basically no time. I basically can't walk. Can you help me put this together? And he was like, yeah, let's do it. And so he was like, he would come to my house. I would have like my whole leg up on, like propped up on a chair with like ice packs and stuff. And we would be reworking the show. It was insane. 
And when the show came and you were doing it, were you in pain then? Were you able to? No, uh, I can remember Friends and Family show. I was still hobbling a little bit, so Marnie had a bit of a hobble too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did a because you're only if you're taking up your show to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and it's a world premiere. Um, you can only do a certain amount of tryout shows before you take it up. So I think it's like three or something. So I did three shows before I went up and then did a month run. Um, yeah, and I worked with Johnny Dickey, who's the sound designer that you work with all the time. You've known him since then? Yeah, so that's when I met Johnny. And then oh, he, man. and then it all kind of came together. And he, so he went to Edinburgh with me and actually he was the only thing that kept me sane up there because Jamie was still in London, but we were obviously producing it together, but I was producer on hand Mm -hmm. as well as being the actress as well as having like written it then we were doing all the marketing everything and have you ever been up to the fringe like even just to see it no okay you need to go up but it is there's three and a half thousand shows yeah that's what i hear there are the most people i've ever seen crammed into the smallest space it's like the most exciting thing ever but it's mental i lost my voice for two days we had to cancel the shows and i was Literally devastated. I, I can remember Johnny was like holding me because I, I came in. I was like, no, I can do it. I can do it. Like, I, but this is like soaring soprano. Like you can't just blag no. it. And then I can remember I rang my director and he was like, can we do it that you speak, sing it? Like, and I was like, but it's, that's not the show. Like she's a singer. Um, and I can remember I had all the, all the audience were literally lining up outside and we were doing my sound check last minute and I couldn't sing it and I literally burst into tears. And I can remember, Johnny, pressure. oh, my God, the pressure. It was insane. Um, yeah, but it was it was an incredible experience, got some amazing reviews, which then led us to be able to do the full tour of Australia. And, and was that you in the tour of Australia yeah. as well? This is, How proud were you to do there? Uh, it was pretty special, especially Sydney. Um, so we played the Seymour Centre in Sydney, which is a really, really cool, innovative space. Um, and there was one night in, in particular, I think it was a 250-seater, um, so like super intimate, um, and it was literally just friends and family, and I burst into tears afterwards. I literally – I can still remember it was like the most incredible feeling because – Doing it over here and to people I've never met before is amazing. But then, like, you'll know this feeling when you perform for your family and friends, especially because I'd been over here and I'd been really sick. So, like, a lot of these friends and family hadn't seen me since they'd heard that I was I had gone through that whole thing. And so to see me doing this show, hopefully well, and that I was better from, like, the couple of years of shit, was I think it was pretty special for everyone, so... I am blown away by this. I mean, it's so funny. My parents have my poster from the show in, so they've got a, a flat that they stay in in London and then they've got their house in Sydney. And in both houses, there's my poster on the wall, so like you're right. framed. I want it in my phone to remind <laughs> me if I'm, keep going, keep inspired, and just just do it. I mean, it's very small scale, but the best thing about it was that it led Jamie and I to this company um, because we were like, oh, we produce that. Oh, we can do this. Like this is this is what we're so, yeah. our jam. So I guess when you were producing for the first time, you were just learning on the job. Yeah, which was terrifying. But at the same time, the fringe has they give you. It's kind of like um, permission to fail at the fringe. Amazing. Which is so cool, and I think that's why so many brilliant things start like Fleabag have you seen Fleabag the TV series yeah that started at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival that's what as, I hear as a one woman show so but I think it, it's easier to take something up there because 
if everything goes wrong, you kind of just like blend into the three and a half thousand other shows. But if everything mm. goes right, then you can just like springboard it from there. So it's quite a cool. Quite, you need to go up there just to go and like experience. The, we'll go together. Yeah, done. I'd like. I'd rather go with someone with experience because okay. I'd, I'd be like, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. That's the thing. It's like there's so many shows. You just don't know what to see and what to do. But it's fun. Are you writing now? Um, I'm. Oh, actually, well, I just wrote um, – I was working with Marsha Norman, who's the um, – she wrote the script for Secret Garden. Yeah. So Ambridge's I, of Madison County, right? Yeah, she, yeah. I mean, she's incredible, Pulitzer Prize winner. Mm. Um, and so I um, – we've adapted her script from Secret Garden um, for our concert version, and I wrote the narration. Amazing. And we just got it back yesterday, and she has basically fully approved it with, like, tiny little amendments. So now, that's a bit of writing, And I don't kind know if of. you can um, – Talk about this. We can easily cut it out. But when we do it, is there going to be? Are, are we performing scenes as well? You'll have. Will it'll have be like Doctor Zhivago. So right. there'll be some scenes. Right. There's like sections of scenes, and then there'll be narration. So just to wrap it up, and <laughs> this is something I can take away as well, as well as everyone else. Mm. What What do you recommend if someone has an idea? Because I I love how, God bless your mom, that she. Because I believe sometimes just start. Inspiration yep. will come. Yeah. And then once that comes, it just keeps snowballing. 100%. I guess there perhaps is the answer, but w- yeah. what do you what would you say like if I have this idea or someone has an idea? It was pretty helpful for me to have the deadline that I needed That's to it. have something done by. Put yourself yeah. in a corner. Um I don't know if that works for everyone, but I work really well under pressure. That's kind of the only time I get good stuff done is when I know I have to have something done by a certain time. So for me that was helpful. Also having done the huge amount of preparation that I'd done. So if you're writing about someone who actually existed or a mm. historical event, you need to know everything about them. Yeah, I was taking for granted the the prep. That that prep has to be done. Essential, obviously. And I think also you have to be obsessed with the idea. Like yeah. I was obsessed with Marnie for like three years and I still am obsessed with her. Like we met with a director this morning about another project and he was like, oh, you did a show about Marnie Nixon. I knew Marnie. And I was like, oh my God, please tell me everything. This is Sean Kerrison. Um, oh, wow. And, yeah, he worked with her on My Fair Lady. He did a U.S. tour. And she came back in as the older old Mrs. Higgins when she was, like, 80. And so he worked with her then and he was telling me all these stories. And I was like, oh, if only I knew this, I could have put it in the show. And I really want to see the show back on his feet. So it remains as a one-woman show, a, a one-act yeah. show? It's Yeah, it's one-woman show, one act. It's 55 minutes. It is – there will be a life to it. And the best thing is it'll either be me who carries it on – I could hand it over to someone else. Like, it's... Um, Can I help produce this in New York? Uh, Let's get it to New York. I mean, it, that would be a dream come true, but it's the rights thing. But the thing is... Um, of course, I, I keep when I was When I was speaking to the, one of the main guys um, about the rights, he was like, we're really working on how this all works. Because I was like, I just... Like, coming from my perspective, how is anyone supposed to create anything nowadays like there are so many roadblocks and like you say you want people to be creating new work but then people keep getting in the way and he was like I totally get it we are trying to reshape how this right system works but we need to make sure everyone is looked after which I absolutely understand but maybe in say five ten years there is (laughs) there is um I don't know a way forward that's like a slightly different way. Is it just a Rogers and Hammerstein estate? That's no, it's everyone. It's everyone. Everyone. It's um, it's tricky because these songs are the songs that every single person knows. They're huge heavy hitters. It's not like it's um, 
like lame song that no one's ever heard before. Right. So of course they've got to be precious with the rights and I get that. Um, but I do think it's not the end of the show. There will be life for it. Um, but maybe it's just not the right time for it. Eliza, you are incredible. Uh, I mean, this has made me come across way better than I really am. <laughs> no, it hasn't. It Because well, it has, I guess. I don't know. Because maybe <laughs> what I'm trying to say is it's, it's in you. You are authentic. You are inspiring. I was inspired by you before and I'm even more now. I feel like I just want to go right. Yeah, I think that's the thing. And I think... What, what I think, if anyone is even listening to what I have to say, is that anyone can write. Because um, I really, for my whole life, thought I couldn't. Um, and even if that's the only piece of writing that is has any sort of success, and that tiny, small-scale success, like, everyone can write something if they're passionate enough about it. I'm grateful for you, and I appreciate you. I have absolutely loved working with you, and I can't wait to do Secret Garden. Thanks for hanging. Yay, thanks. Thanks everyone for hanging with myself and the incredible Eliza Jackson. She's one to look out for as a writer and as the producing duo Lambert Jackson. Take care, folks. The Hang is produced by Dory Berestein and Alan Seals from the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find me online at bpn.fm forward slash The Hang. Don't forget, you can connect with me on Instagram and Twitter at Ramin Karamlu, on YouTube, a roaming Iranian, or my Facebook page, Official Ramin Karamlu. Music for my podcast is by my friends in one of my favorite bands, The Dives. Please check them out at their website, thedivesmusic.com. That's thedivesmusic.com, where you can get to know them, hear their incredible music, get links to all their socials, and most importantly, their tour dates, where you can find out where you can see and hear them live. They are truly a great band, and they are phenomenal live. Check them out. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.